Shabbat Shalom. So explore Torah portion. Uh, Truma launches a four-week parsha, four parshas, in 13 chapters, 500-verse description of the construction of the tabernacle, a portable sanctuary in the desert, which was the precursor to the Jerusalem temples, which stood, give or take, with some interruption for a thousand years, and that eventually led to synagogue. So in intimate and loving detail, the Bible describes every last detail of the construction of the tabernacle. Where precisely to put the clasps and the planks and the bars and the poles and the sockets, whatever that means. What are the types of lamps? What oil is used for lighting and what oil is used for burning? How to carve the wood? How to design the precious stones? What are the measurements of the cloths? How to loop the cloths with the copper clasps to keep the tent up? Whatever. How much ramskin and dolphin skin should be used in the tent covering? What color should be included in the sanctuary? How should you make the curtains and the lampstands and the sockets that hold the curtain? Now, if I were to ask people what the book of Exodus is about, most people would respond, slavery, taskmasters, the burning bush, ten plagues, the splitting of the sea, manna, the Ten Commandments, except for we who make a living studying the Bible. Few others would know that a full third of this book of freedom is about the minute details of building and construction, construction, which, by the way, is something that most people who make a living studying the Bible hate. If we were good at building stuff, we wouldn't be what we're doing. We would have been architects, engineers, scientists, like all of our siblings. The purpose of the Parsha was God, but it describes carpentry. The goal was reflection, but the Parsha is about labor. The objective was purity, but the Parsha is about physical effort. The aspiration was of the spirit, but the Parsha is about perspiration, the sweat of the brow. The point was life's big picture, but the Parsha is about the smallest details. Why? Why so much detail? I think that it is to teach us that the grandest human accomplishments are the result of the smallest daily decisions. The sublime is a product of the ordinary. Even the most sublime idea of all, the knowledge of God, requires nails and wood and rope and stone and oil and metals and microphones. By describing every last detail of the tabernacle's construction, the Torah is urging us to pay attention carefully and in a focused way 
to the details of our aspirations. For example, you can't just announce that you have enough vaccines to vaccinate the entire country. You have to figure out how to get those vaccines into the arms of Americans, an exceedingly complicated endeavor that requires many people who think about, really obsess about, the organization, the logistics, the details of figuring out how to get these vaccines eventually into the arms of Americans. The vaccine is a noble, sublime idea. It doesn't mean anything unless you figured out the details. The Torah is teaching us that vision without execution is fantasy. At the same time, mere skill, an ability to pound a nail into wood without breaking your thumb, the capacity to execute without understanding what it's all for is hollow, just mechanized functionality. There's nothing elevated about it. To live a complete and fulfilled life and to have progress and invention. We must have a vision of beauty, of nobility, of meaning that guides us daily, but we must also pay attention and figure out how to put it all together. I love reading the testimony of one of the eyewitnesses to Leonardo da Vinci's work on the Last Supper. Has anybody been there? Up there at 10 Milan. Anybody been to see the actual Last Supper? This eyewitness described how the master painter painted the Last Supper. He said, Leonardo would arrive early, climb up on the scaffolding, and set to work. Sometimes he stayed there from dawn to dawn sunset, never once laying down his brush, forgetting to eat and drink, painting without pause. At other times, he would go for two or three or four days without touching his brush but spending several hours a day in front of the work, his arms folded, examining and criticizing the figures to himself. I also saw him, said the eyewitness, driven by some sudden urge at midday when the sun was at its height, leaving the Cordovecchia, where he was working on his marvelous clay horse. That didn't actually survive, but that's another story. I saw him leaving the, the Cordovecchia to come straight to Santa Maria without seeking shade and clamber up onto the scaffolding, pick up a brush, put in one or two strokes, and then go away again. I love that, the visual of the great Leonardo working on one of his masterpieces, rushing in from another project in the middle of the day to solve a minor problem that he had been thinking about by painting a stroke or two and then leaving is as fascinating as it is revealing. One of the most sublime of human creations, this painting, was the result of thousands of tiny 
brush strokes, and decisions how to paint. We are so familiar with Leonardo da Vinci's finished masterpiece that its perfection seems inevitable to us. But Leonardo fought over every inch of that canvas. He paid attention to the smallest detail. As with the geniuses of our species, so with the rest of us. The extraordinary begins as ordinary. One ordinary thing after another, enough of them in the right places on the canvas of life may produce a masterpiece. Leonardo da Vinci was an obsessive observer. He kept a small notebook hanging from its, his belt at all times and jotted down every idea that came to mind. There are some 7,200 pages of these notebooks that have survived. And scholars estimate that what has survived, the 7,200 pages, is only a quarter of what he actually wrote. If you've seen pictures of these notebooks, you might have noticed that many of the pages are crammed with text and drawings covering the entire page. It was because, first, paper was expensive back then, but also Leonardo's mind functioned this way. He could return to a page even months or years later and add a minor thought as he would often return to his masterpiece months and years later and add a stroke here or there. That's how the Mona Lisa ultimately became finished. He actually never thought he finished it. Leonardo was looking for patterns and patterns are discovered in the details. Every lasting human accomplishment must be a fusion of imagination and perspiration, vision and execution. And that is the fusion that is described in the Torah in the building of this most noble idea of the tabernacle. Without vision, we are mechanical, robotic, merely functioning our way through life. But without functionality, we're just one of the many dreamers who lived in the skies in a fantasy world of their own making. I find it immensely satisfying and poignant that the final recorded words, the last words on the last page of these something like 7,200 pages of notes of the great Leonardo da Vinci are these. The soup is getting cold.